Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. None other than Sharon Reed, host and Rebel HQ, contributor, sports, contributor extraordinaire. Always fascinating to have on the program. Well, top story of the day Megan Kelly grills Donald Trump about COVID and somehow Trump ended up sounding more reasonable than Megyn Kelly. Fascinating, here it is. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time well, in May- no, I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there, but then in, in May you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I yeah. couldn't technically. The truth is though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way. You yeah. made him a star, you made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus task. You think so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Presidential commendation. One went off Mark. Somebody Miller probably too. handed him a commendation. He probably. But let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with that all being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of the respect because of COVID, but he was respected. And on COVID, if you know what I did, I let the governors run their states. And many of the governors opened up their states, some of them didn't. Okay, now that seemed like a typical Republican and Trump disagreement, typical, right? Except for the part where Trump doesn't know how a person got a presidential accommodation, even though he was president. At the time, here's more. Uh, Wouldn't you like to go back and try to clip his wings? This guy was pushing mask mandates on us. He wanted the most extreme measure at every turn. Okay, look, I'm not one that blames a system that if you're civil service or if you have some other protection that you can't get fired because I've done things that are a lot worse than that. You're big on the firing. So, so yeah, I fired a lot of people. (laughs) I fired Comey. And that was one of the great firings. I fired Comey and then I fired a lot of other people in the FBI and they were great firings because the deep state and they were at work and they were not good people. Uh, But I wasn't, I was not a big fan of Fauci. If you look at Ron DeSanctimonious, he was, this guy said the greatest things. I can give you articles that, well, Fauci's great. He's wonderful. We love him. We don't do anything without Fauci. This went on for months. But he didn't listen to Fauci. He did a hundred percent. Look, he shut down. Florida I will for a give month. you. He shut down Florida for a month. Oh, he shut it down for a lot of long. He shut. Okay, all right. It's getting comical, but listen, I promise you, there's more. Uh, here's the thing. So uh, Donald Trump is the guy who did, in fact, validate not only Fauci and then try to play politics with it. He also doubled down on the requirement of vaccines. These are facts. 
Here's another one. Some didn't shut down at Operation all. Warp Speed, though. Yeah. That was on the vaccines. They were rushed through. They have helped but also hurt a lot of people. And your White House actually supported mask mandates. So wouldn't you like a do-over on any of that? Look, when this came in, nobody knew what the hell it was. It sounded like an ancient, you know, pandemic. You thought that was from 200 years ago or from 1917. We never thought you'd have a pandemic. Nobody had any idea. As far as the vaccine's concerned, uh, you had the original COVID. And the vaccine had an impact on that. And there are some people, I will tell you, some friends of mine that are Democrat, I think they voted for me, but they're Democrat, very smart people, top people. They say, you know, I don't understand one thing. Why don't you talk more about the vaccine? It was one of the greatest things you've ever done. Now think of that. They say to me, and I say, I'm not going to talk about it one way or the other. First of all, no mandates. I don't want mandates. I never had mandates. But Florida sort of had a mandate because they were giving the vaccine. They were demanding everybody take the vaccine. That's another thing. But no mandates, no anything. I didn't demand anybody take it. But I have people on the other side. I don't, not my side, although probably there are some on my side too. They said, you saved 100 million people because I got it done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. A lot of people- You're proud of it. No, I'm not proud of it. I'm saying what Democrats think. Democrats- I get it. And I'm not not not, somebody who denies some of the good that the vaccines did. I I lived through that too. But of course, a lot of people have been vaccine injured. And that's one of the questions. Those people are mad that they were rushed through and that they can't sue. Well, I never gave mandates and people have to make up their own, you know, make their own decision as far as I'm concerned. Correction, uh, they are equally as irrational. Um, He's having trouble answering simple questions from a person who believes Jesus and Santa Claus are white men, according to her. Let's put it up full mass. Megyn Kelly did the impossible, tried to have an adult conversation with Donald Trump. Let me give you facts about the vaccine and vaccine reactions. While some Americans have seen an adverse reaction to the vaccine, which is normative to vaccines. The number of vaccine injured as they utilize the terminology is small, very small fraction of the millions that have died or been hospitalized because of COVID itself. Despite a campaign to undermine the vaccine that has grown in popularity on the right, the vaccine remains overwhelmingly safe and effective against COVID. And the chances of death or severe illness with COVID are significantly higher for the unvaccinated than the vaccinated. I wanna say this on a personal note. I sit on the board of directors for a major hospital I look at those numbers on a regular basis. Individuals who have the vaccine, they don't die, they live virtually what the numbers are now. Those who do die from COVID, for the most part, 8.3 out of 10 will not have a vaccination at all. That's called science. Just looking at the facts as they are. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. First, Dr. Ritchie, respectfully, I have to ask you not to play any more of his answers there because (laughs) I'm so confused. He's impossible at this point, no matter who you are, whether it's Santa Claus is white interviewing him or somebody else, it is just outlandish. 
I also think that I, I have to wonder sometimes if Megyn Kelly really is this radicalized or if it's a result of her being scorned with her termination and mm-hmm. ridicule from others. But I don't know that it's even worth interviewing Donald Trump anymore because he doesn't seem to pay any consequence for these bumbling answers that are all over the place and swing left to right on the pendulum. I just, I'm so confused. Please, Dr. Richie, is yeah. there more? I need to come with a warning. No, no. No, okay. that's it. And and we will do that in the future, Sharon. We'll go ahead and put the warning sign. Thank up. you so much. Uh, warning, dumbass answers coming. Yeah, that would be that's helpful. That's how we'll do it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, very sad situation. Earthquake, Morocco. Almost 3,000 have died. Let's put up some of that B roll. This has been um, one of those rare but extreme occurrences on this planet. So right now, at least, which means the number is higher, at least 2,901 dead. Let's put up the picture full math. You have well over 5,000 who have been injured. The United Nations estimates that roughly 300,000 people have been adversely affected by the earthquake in Morocco. A powerful 6.8 magnitude earthquake struck the region unaccustomed and ill-prepared for such a jolt. On Monday, the death toll rose again. That's according to the Ministry of Interior. We have rescue teams from Spain, Britain and other places. Remote villages, well, they were hit the hardest. The worst of the destruction is in the scenic high Atlas Mountains where dirt roads and they snake into these snow capped peaks. Many of those passes have been blocked by road slides, excuse me, rock slides, making it impossible to reach individuals who may be trapped. Um, some of them are trapped in their very homes. Here's more of here's more of that. The level of destruction is absolute. Struggling to find the right word to describe what he was saying. Not a single house has stayed upright. Not one. We're going to start our search with dogs and see whether we can find anyone alive. Uh, people are sleeping anywhere for safety and shelter. At Ron Point de la Pomera, the main traffic circle at the entrance of the city, hundreds of people were sleeping on the sidewalks, sleeping in the grass along the road. The rows of people sleeping stretched the length of the boulevard driving into the city. After many in the region spent two nights outside, the Royal Moroccan Armed Forces are preparing to build tents to help provide temporary shelter for those who have been adversely affected by the earthquake. Most of the dead were buried under the rubble or collapsed building, the government said. International Aid groups warned that Morocco faces a huge challenge in supplying help to the estimated 300,000 affected people 
and a rebuilding destroyed communities. The International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Society suggested that the death toll could be much higher with at least 10,000 feared to be missing. Uh, volunteer efforts, you got Morocco's young are powering the country's uh, very desperate relief effort right now. Um, there's a youth center working in conjunction with volunteers. Um, it's just not enough, just not enough. The destruction is so extreme, the death toll is truly unknown. The numbers they keep coming up with are almost trajectory numbers rather than real numbers. How is the world responding? Fragmented, it's a fragmented response. It's not just fragmented in coordination, it's fragmented in care, concern, art, compassion. We are literally on this planet together. We think somehow distance separates us, but it does not. We were meant to work as a collective, to help each other, to be there, regardless of our, let's just say, socioeconomic background or what country we've come from. I fear that we have become more divisive, less concerned, and more tribal in the way we look at the society around us. If you are a person of faith, I covet your prayers for the people of Morocco. If you're not, send them positive vibes. At some point, we have to coordinate a better international response because they are going to need significant care to reveal. Sharon, thoughts? It's um, horrific. It's a race against time in Morocco yeah. right now, and it seems the even the offers of aid, as you mentioned, Dr. Ritchie, it's not enough. It seems as if it's this kind of check the box to whom it may concern and. Maybe we'll send something down the line. There is no down the line. There are centuries, old sites destroyed, mass funerals will need to be had. And there's, when you look at the pictures, it is just stunning how anyone can say, well, I don't see it out of my window. So yeah. is a, it's heartbreaking. Very much so. We will bring you updates as the story develops and more information comes. All right, hell of a thing, an individual who is at the center, the center of a major gun rights case um, shattered a woman. Let's put up the picture for a mask. Uh, this is going to be a very, well, difficult story to understand. A man at the center of a major gun rights case allegedly shot at a woman in a parking lot. His name is Rahimi. Rahimi is challenging a long-standing federal law barring domestic abusers from possessing guns. But this previously undisclosed incident underlines advocates fears that allowing abusers to retain firearms will lead to more violence against women and undermine public safety at large. So he actually pled guilty in 2021 to possessing guns in violation of the protective order for domestic violence against his ex-girlfriend with whom he has a young child. After a search of his bedroom turned up a pistol, 
with an extended magazine on the nightstand and a semi-automatic rifle under the bed. The fifth US Circuit Court of Appeals overturned the conviction, citing the Supreme Court's expansive reinterpretation of Second Amendment rights. The Supreme Court agreed in June to review his case. A ruling came from the high court promises to clarify what latitude state and federal lawmakers have to restrict the right to carry a firearm in the name of public safety. So the total number, let's put this picture back up. The total number of the alleged shootings, however, is actually six and started one month earlier. According to police records obtained by the Huff Post on November 12th, 2020, a 25-year-old woman told police that she agreed to meet Rahimi in a parking lot after receiving a Snapchat message from him saying that he has something for her. When she arrived, she told police she saw him kneeling by the driver's side of a vehicle, wearing all black clothes, including a black ski mask covering his face. Rahimi had his hands around his waistband, she said, where he appeared to hold a pistol with a magazine larger than the gun itself. As the woman got back into her car and drove off, she heard five or six gunshots, some of which appeared to strike her car. Vehicle was shot multiple times with the drivers, um, with the driver inside. The police report reads. Um, so while the federal case proceeds, he faces state charges for possession of fentanyl, a reckless discharge of a firearm, charges for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon against three separate individuals. He is currently at Green Bay Jail in Fort Worth while his state cases move forward. Why are we even talking about this? Because the US Supreme Court has adopted a narrative so extreme as it relates to gun rights that this all of a sudden becomes not a no-brainer to them. This is a no-brainer for me. It's a no-brainer for you. Now, I, I, I wonder does the Supreme Court have the same, let's say, I don't know, um, integrity as it relates to voting rights? Hmm? Will they uphold the fact that if you commit a felony, you're on probation or parole, or you owe money to the state or the federal government? Will they say you should still have the right to vote while in prison? While serving your sentence, hell no. They don't give a damn about your right to vote. They don't care about you you paying taxes and still not having the right to vote. But for some reason, when it comes to gun, everything changes. Do you not find it ironic that states will pass laws called um, constitutional carry? Meaning you don't need a prerequisite in order to carry the gun. But there's nothing called constitutional voting where you don't need a prerequisite to exercise your right to vote. You still need an ID to do that, but you need no permit to do the other. All right, share your thoughts here. I think that it's ironic or not, I don't know, Clarence Thomas authored this decision that is just idiotic, this interpretation. You know, in order to be a good 
judge, you, you have to be able to listen, you have to be wise, impartial. But I think there's something else that really gets to the heart of what's going on, whether it be affirmative action, gun rights, the whole thing, it's empathy. Mm. This court lacks collective empathy, not everybody, of course, but empathy. And that Clarence Thomas is the face of, of this one, it's just gross. It's gross. Women will suffer and have, and he could care less. You uh, you knock that out the park. That's the underlying current to all of their decision. They lack that dynamic connection. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Um, before I do so, let me highlight, all right, um, yeah, we got the vote. We have that vote graphic. So uh, we're nominated for a bunch of stuff. We broke all the records with our nominations for Atlanta Magazine. So you can vote, very simple to do. Um, you can go to tyt.com slash vote. Uh, we're in a bunch of categories. Uh, and listen, don't vote for me for meteorologists. I'm number one for meteorologist and something else that I absolutely don't do. I think a lot of people want it to be funny and I appreciate you all doing so, it was great, it's funny. Um, but who, whoever actually does the weather should win that, all right? Uh, we're up for best radio DJ host, best talk radio, best TV anchor, uh, best local podcast, all right. Okay, hell of a thing, yep. Brett Campbell, aka Dragon My Ass, says, I've never seen Megan Kellen before, but she's an idiot. You are an astute individual. I mean, it didn't take you two times, it took you one time to see and understand. That's a gift. Uh, Dude Rock says, Doc, thank you for you and for letting me hear and experience the truth. It's all of us, iron sharpened iron. I appreciate you as well. Uh, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon member for 15 months, thank you. Um, hi, Dr. Rich and Ms. Reed. As if the Morocco earthquake wasn't bad enough, Libya has also had a severe flood that may have killed tens of thousands. I literally was reading that on the way and I needed to get more information. But thank you um, for putting that in the universe for us to pay attention to and to provide aid where we can. Also, I think Fedelin Nero, um, I have a better idea than re-examining this second amendment. Throw this guy in jail. That's something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday. You're, you're I feel free, back off. I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. We have a code 98, Karen on the loose, put up the picture for a mass. Let me explain what happened. Two drunken sisters were removed 
arrested at an airport on Saturday after throwing a tantrum when they were told they would not be allowed to board their flight to Ireland, okay? She charged toward the gate attendants and demanded the pair be let on the flight right now. After realizing the crew wasn't going to relent, the woman turned to the crowd of airport travelers for help. Her embarrassed sister tried to put her hand over the unhinged woman's mouth to stop her from screaming after a police officer came over to calm down the duo, all right? But neither of their efforts seemed to help. Then you have this picture, the blonde woman identified herself as a lawyer and reportedly initially warned the cops that there will be consequences for not allowing them on their flight. But ultimately decided it would be best to just leave the airport. Um, they're alive. Uh, they did not get um, harmed physically. Uh, and naturally, they could actually have felonies right now, but they just left. Good for them. Ironic, isn't it? All right. Uh, Sharon, I I feel as if when Karens are not held accountable, it simply enhances universal Karenicity. What are your thoughts about that? It's true. It continues yeah. to spread. It's out of control. It is this ongoing pandemic. I will say this: the brightest thing they did was the, I think you said the blonde woman claimed to be an attorney, and we we understand when an attorney who represents his or herself is <laughs> right. know, has a full for a client. Perhaps That's you right. call Rudy Giuliani to help next time. But I find it ironic, no stun guns, no taken to the ground. They just, they just yeah. left and probably went to the bar around the corner. Right, they went down the street. All right, um, you know, this has got to stop. Let's go to the video. What? Hold on, I'm about to record you because if something happened to me, they gonna have you on camera. That's right. Somebody come get their uh, family friend. member. That's right. Following me. That's right. Yep, <laughs> bye. That's right. Uh-uh, you're not getting in my car. Look, 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 look. You tripping, you tripping. Don't, nope, don't, nope, you're not getting in my car. I unlocked my door, wait. but you rushed to my passenger. You're not getting in my car, put, put sorry. Put camera first. Yep, hey, you look, are on I'm camera. A, hey, look, she can't trust the most no. trustworthy. I already yeah, told nobody, you man. I'm not single, so she I don't know why nobody. you following me. I'm, I'm a, look, I even help. Can you get away from my door so I can get in my car though? I don't even know you. And then it actually escalates. Here it is. Hey, delete that camera. I'll grab that phone from you and break it. And then you know what? All these witnesses out here. Look, that on camera, well, can you get away from my car? Yeah, but we'll delete that recording. I'll delete it as soon as I see you start walking that way. Because for my safety, you just followed me around this store, and then you following me to my car. So actually, I'm going to go back to the store because you are out of line right now. Let's walk back to the store. You and you're not going to. You can delete the camera. First of all, you you're going to get away from me. Yes. Get away from me. 
waiting for you to delete that shit. You're not about to make no money off of me, cuz. Ain't nobody making no money. First of all, do it look like I need to make some money off you? Yes. No, I don't. Look like you need to make some money off of me. No, it's not. That's why you... Man, come on, delete that up, cuz. Can y'all call? No more. I don't call 911. This guy just followed me around the store. Put up a picture full mass. This is disturbing. According to the poster, true crime underscore 911, the woman was in a store in Phoenix. Arizona, when a man began following her around the store. When she left, he followed her and went as far as even trying to get into the passenger's side, the passenger side of her car. She ended up heading back to the store and someone had to call 911. The video was posted last month, keep that picture up. Um, Madam, I cannot imagine what was going on inside of your mind when this person decided to follow you. I imagine it had to be um, a scary situation, but I commend you for your courage and your brilliance uh, in recording it immediately um, to the uh, feckless coward. In this screenshot, this person owes you nothing. Whatever courtesy you may have extended earlier does not give you right of ownership. That's called slavery, sir. Now you should be ashamed of yourself. The reason why I'm highlighting this video is because I find your actions to be so disturbing. I want people to see who did it. Sharon, thoughts? I do too. As a woman who's perhaps been in a situation linked in some way to this, not to that extreme, thank goodness, and with my child as well, it's extremely disturbing. It's criminal, it's predatory, it's scary. And yes, a brilliant decision to whether she was recording or not to make sure, you know, he knew this yep. is what I'm doing here. It's just horrific. She mentioned other people, Dr. Ritchie, who were witnesses around. I couldn't tell by the video, I don't know if you and your team can, but that would be my only other concern. When you see a young woman like this, I can't imagine not joining right. in numbers to help protect her. That's right, um, and we are extending an opportunity. If the young lady would like to contact Indisputable, there's an open opportunity to do so. All right, I'm glad that you're safe. We got more on the other side, Indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left and a lot of comments. I'm gonna read as many as I can, okay? Um, Cray Cray Souffle, um, so glad they didn't get on the plane. I can't imagine what 10 plus hours and 30,000 at 30,000 feet would have been like. Yep, um, Colin Hutton, thank you for that. I'm Sharon, I don't know if anybody uh, told you this. 
but you have the perfect voice for radio and TV broadcasting. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> uh, your great cadence matches your insight. Most of all, I believe it resonates with people. Very much so. Thank you My very compliment. much. Lacey Absolutely. didn't say voice, face for radio. I <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Lady FT, member for two months. Hey, Doc, I'm loving this. Being retired, I can watch you live. Awesome sauce. That's dope. Thank you. Trudy Lawrence, member for 13 months. Uh, these pigeons not flying today. Uh, <laughs> hope they banned for life. Disbar. Uh, the last dragon, member for one month. Love indisputable. I've been watching you from the start. Thank you for being an A1, right? Uh, Twitch, Bumble Buzz Dragon. She kept a cool and kept her voice steady in this terrifying situation. Really impressive. A strong person, right? Strong person. Okay, um, I have an update. Uh, doctor hired for autopsy, hosted it to IG Live. Um, let's put up the picture. Insane. So, in an update, uh, Jessica Ross. And Trevion Isaiah Taylor Sr., the parents of a dead baby who was decapitated. If you remember our original reporting, the hospital did not report it to the authorities and according to them, encouraged them not to do anything either. It was the funeral home who did so. This was during a botched delivery. They trusted another doctor to perform an autopsy on the child. But this doctor recorded the procedure and posted it to IG without getting or seeking their permission. As previously reported, the plaintiff said the mother went into labor in early July and went to Southern Regional Medical Center. She and the father claim that Dr. Tracy St. Julian decapitated their son. Okay, let's put up the picture. Um, Travion Isaiah Taylor Jr. during a botched delivery. Plaintiffs accused the hospital and the doctor of trying to cover up the horrifying truth of what happened. The doctor allegedly kept the couple in the dark about the decapitation when talking to them a few hours after the delivery. Hospital workers allegedly lied to the couple, telling them that a free autopsy was not an option under the circumstances. The complaint alleges that this false information was given to avoid a forensic autopsy and to obstruct the gathering of evidence, according to the authorities. Furthermore, the complaint alleges that healthcare providers at the hospital pressured the young couple to cremate their baby in an attempt to destroy the evidence. It was only on July 13th, several days after delivery and a day after Ross left the hospital that staff told them about the decapitation. The plaintiff's statement said the hospital has said that St. Julian did not work for them. And that she was only using their facility. They assert that the baby's death occurred in utero prior to the delivery and decapitation. That they voluntarily reported the death 
to the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office and were cooperating with all investigations. So enter Dr. Jackson Gates, according to the new complaint. Ross signed a contract with him on July 12th to do the autopsy. The lawsuit filed on September 1, but recently reported, said that he hosted on July 14th video that showed in graphic and grisly detail a post-mortem examination of the decapitated, severed head of the child. Gates took it down, but then on July 21st, put up two more, according to the complaint. Again, these allegedly showed the autopsy in horrific detail. The plaintiffs were informed about the posting of these videos on social media, resulting in the plaintiffs experiencing feelings of shock, anger, humiliation, and outrage. A plaintiff's statement said they had paid Gates $2,500 for the autopsy. And I want to remind you, they should not have had to pay at all. A forensic autopsy was allowable at no cost, except they were misinformed by staff, according to them. Ross and Taylor Sr. sent a cease and desist letter through their attorneys on August 10th, telling Gates to take down the videos. The IG account named in a lawsuit is set to private as of Wednesday. Gates did not respond to law and crime. Um, this is a young couple. One doctor, according to them, completely violates all sentiment of care. Then they seek another doctor to help bring them justice. And this doctor, according to them, violates them yet again. Um, people have to be held accountable. You get all of that education. You go through all of those certifications. You know better than us. You're the MD. You know the rules and ways we never could understand them. And then you violate trust in such a way that's baffling to the authorities. And now this has happened to the same couple twice. Two different scenarios, but done by people who hold extreme public trust. You know why the hospital said the doctor, the original doctor did not work there? Well, liability, liability. They contract with medical doctors all the time. That's how it works. Um, we're gonna bring you updates as they come. My heart goes out to this young couple uh, who did everything right according to the report that we have. Everything right, they showed up to prenatal and all of it to have something like this happen. Sharon thoughts. They should be snuggling with their baby right now. Yeah. And every time you say people should be held accountable, Dr. Ritchie, that's what I think we have to focus on the people. What is the hospital? Just made up of people. So many people had to conspire to do this filth that you or I would have been the one person to whisper in their ear and say they're lying to you. No one did that because too many people don't care about black people. And that includes people of color indoctrinated to act this way. I hope though it'll never bring their child back and never take away the pain that they too can reach an eight figure settlement like Melissa Rivers did. Remember yep. that when they took pictures of her mother who then passed away during her surgery, remember that? 
She's worth right. it. This couple's worth it. Right. Very well said. All right. Remember a story we brought you? We even interviewed their victim. Uh, two black males were physically assaulted, kidnapped, sexually abused, haunted. They had racial slurs hurled at them for hours by police officers, by cops. Well, those cops are now in jail. Significant history, violence was part of their life. Let's go to it. Hard to stand right here, knowing you know what happened right here. Justice is what it all you know what it all boiled down to. I'm just like them, you know, whether they, they're in uniform or not. For six months, Eddie Parker has been living in a house of horrors where he says he was brutally beaten by deputies sworn to protect this rural Mississippi community. I crawled here to this spot, and uh, they uh, started uh, beating me here and tasing me. As you can see, you know, blood spots and all. And my blood spots there. On January 24th, Parker and his friend Michael Jenkins say that six white Rankin County deputies entered the home and tortured them for nearly two hours. A heavily redacted incident report says deputies were investigating, quote, reports of narcotic activity at the house. They said they saw a gun, though there was no proof either man had a weapon. In a federal civil rights lawsuit, the men alleged deputies entered without a warrant, handcuffed them, and subjected them to nearly two hours of torture and racist abuse. Jenkins was shot in the mouth during the incident. And Mary Jenkins, Michael's mother, says her son will never be the same. I pray with him, and I asked Michael, I said, if there's any life in you, Michael, if there's anything in you, please squeeze my hand. Please let me know you're still in this body. And he did. Jenkins' injuries make it difficult for him to speak. It hurts. Has anyone from the department ever reached out to you and apologized? Have they ever asked for anything at, at all? No. The two men are suing a half a dozen Rankin County Sheriff's deputies, three named and three only identified as John Doe's. Rankin County Sheriff Brian Bailey was also named in the suit. And he said earlier this month, deputies involved in the incident were no longer with the department, although he did not confirm the number of deputies or their names. We interviewed both of the victims. It was a difficult interview. Turner Shabazz is providing advocacy for them. Put up the picture of two of these extremists known as the Goon Squad, Hunter Elward and Christian Deadman. They are two former Rankin County Sheriff's Office deputies tied to the Goon Squad scandal. That's what they called themselves. That, that's called a gang, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, they were a gang. Uh, they were connected to the fatal police uses of force against black men in the Mississippi County years before the unlawful home raid in which two black men were brutalized this year. There was a lawsuit filed in 2021 that reveals that those two cops were present when police officers shot and killed a man named Pierre Woods in 2019. According to the report, cops responded to a call about shots fired at the home where Woods was inside. Let's put him up. 
Authorities said Woods fired at them from inside during a standoff that lasted more than an hour until police threw tear gas into the home. Although Woods had a pistol in one of his hands, both his hands were extended above his head as he approached the front door. Lawyers for the women wrote in court documents, once he reached the front door of his home, Woods immediately threw the pistol to the ground. And it landed in the area where Deputy Hunter Elward and Deputy Zach Acey were positioned. The officers are said to have started shooting without warning Woods at all. Put him up. Mr. Woods' brother said that he believes the officers engaged in excessive force when his brother was shot. Quote, they fired enough shots to kill an elephant, Wood said to WAPT around the time of the fatal shooting. You'll go to jail for shooting a dog as many times as they shot my brother. In 2021, Elward was involved in contentious, a contentious incident where Damian Cameron was punched and shot three times with a taser by the deputy. Let's put him up. Uh, the man was accused of vandalizing a neighbor's home. Reports state that Officer Elward was joined by other officers who held Cameron down for 15 minutes despite his complaints, breathing difficulty. These are the ones we know about. The Mississippi State Medical Examiner's report on Cameron's death was inconclusive. And in October 2022, a Mississippi grand jury declined to press charges against Officer Elward and other deputies due to insufficient evidence. However, the New York Times consulted three independent forensic pathologists to review Mr. Cameron's death. And they identified signs of asphyxiation in his neck, suggesting a different cause of death. Let me tell you why I believe these experts. One, when you say inconclusive on a medical examination report, you likely will never be held criminally liable for obstructing justice or manipulating evidence. Because you're allowed to have that opinion without real consequence. While the two deputies were never held responsible for using force in their previous cases. Deadman and Elward have pleaded guilty in their current case and are awaiting sentencing. Once again, the system, right? Remember the sheriff who claimed, oh, you know, they're no longer with the department. He backed the play initially. When we first reported on that story, he backed the play of these cops. They were so egregious, they literally had a cop who was not even in their jurisdiction partake in this madness. They call themselves the goon squad. What are they really? They are a rebranded permeation of the KKK. Because according to the black men who were assaulted and damn near died, these cops were saying things like, do you date white women? And even sexual assaulting them, making them take showers together. How sick and depraved are these individuals? These 
individuals, according to the men we interviewed, were well known in the community. They knew them as a gang, not as the police. They referred to them as the goon squad. They knew these cops by name and reputation because the sheriff and every other authority allowed this. So while they may act as if they don't know how these cops became became so corrupt, please understand the reality of the system that made them. Sharon, thoughts here. Yeah, and they all know him, including Dr. Stacy Turner, that coroner that you were speaking of, Dr. Ritchie. They all knew the one who said Damien Cameron's case was undetermined. Okay, people need to be clear on just how closely police, prosecutors, coroners, the chief medical examiner work together to fraudulently hold no one accountable when they kill black people. It's just a fact, and something needs to be done about this. Special prosecutor, you know the law. Can we take Hunter Biden, special prosecutor, and move that person over to kind of deal with some of these cases? Yeah, there you go. All right, we we will bring updates as they come. We got more on the other side, news and talk. That's my radio show. We got more on the other side, indisputable, (laughs) they can stay. All right, a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Okay, Carlos Wright, uh, this doctor needs a separate case of investigation due to his lack of ethics toward his oath. Agreed. Um, Spicy Butter, my brother, if you find out who sent you those threads, let me know. My daughter lives in Atlanta, I'm in Chicago. I'll come down to visit, but I will come down and whoop some ass for you. I'm serious, I know you are. Be good. Thank you. Uh, Mitchell Evans, indict them, take away their medical license, and the hospital should lose their certification. That's called accountability. Late underscore bloomer 66, thanks to indisputable. The mainstream media is finally covering this story, talking about the uh, Mississippi cops, and that is correct. That is correct, we were the first on it. Uh, Ghost Dog TV, if the cop is not from their jurisdiction, then they're organizing a secret society. This is what RICO was invented for. You are right, they are definitely well outside of the scope of normative law enforcement or sanctioned um, joint operations. They're just freestyling it and allowed to do so, all right? All of them, I'm talking about the sheriff and everybody, should be indicted. Under the RICO Act, completely concur. Um, all right, this is an update. Remember the white male teenager who tried to kill the black male teenager, yelling racial slurs in the process of trying to drown them. Remember that? Put up the picture full mask. We got an update. Here's your update. That teen tried to drown a black kid. Okay, 14-year-old John Sheeran who allegedly tried to drown a black 15 year old who could not swim in a Cape Cod pond in Chatham, Massachusetts in July has been released, released on bond. The team was released to his father's custody on September 11th. His release is contingent on him staying away from the witnesses in the case. All the witnesses, by the way, are minors, okay? All the witnesses are minors. 
wearing a GPS monitor and attending probation. So I'm gonna remind you of the incident according to the Cape and Islands DA office. This 14 year old and another white friend met the victim at the pond to go swimming. The victim reportedly said that he could not swim and wore a life jacket, weighed in the water before the would be killer who was unsuccessful, dunked him several times under the water. As the other friend laughed and called the black teen George Floyd. The teens also called the victim boy and the N word. Let me show you the water, the body of water we're talking about. The assault persisted, the 14 year old began to swim beneath the black youth attempting to seize his feet and submerge him again. The prosecution asserts that the bullying ceased when the victim cried out for assistance from the shoreline, prompting a bystander to have to leap into the water, rescue him and bring him ashore, stopping him from being murdered. The teen was indicted by a grand jury on attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon charge. Um, I want to remind everyone that the DA in this case actually released the name of the minor and said, not only was he going to release it, he's, he was going to make sure that the entire trial and prosecution process was transparent. And this individual is going to be prosecuted as a youthful offender. Now, some people got confused about that. A youthful offender is not a juvenile defendant. It's a little more than a juvenile, all right? So some jurisdictions make that distinction of youthful defender. So if you're between 18 to 25, you can be a youthful defender. But youthful defender does not allow for the same protections as being prosecuted through a juvenile prosecution. So that is why the DA was able to make public the teen. It's kind of like when black children are prosecuted as adults, okay? Same, same kind of legal doctrine almost. Put up the attorney. The attorney is saying, "Oh, no, it, it was just horseplay. Things just got a little bit, you know, out of hand." So this is the attorney of the teenager charged with attempted murder. Kevin Reddington claimed his client had no intent to hurt his dear friend. This young man had no intent to murder his friend. He said it was just a stupid act that was carried way too far. Uh, so he has called the incident horseplaying. You know, it is interesting uh, because I guarantee you, if the scenario was the other way around, uh, two black kids um, lure a white child who cannot swim to a body of water, okay, it's evident that child cannot swim wearing a life jacket and says, listen guys, I got this on because I can't swim. And they try to drown him. Uh, and yell racial slurs while trying to kill him. And they don't stop until somebody else jumps into the water. Now, I want you to, to think about this because it hasn't been highlighted in these stories. The prosecution has told us they cannot uh, release the witness list because all of them are minors, which means. Whoever saved this kid is likely a minor, another child. 
Um, they clearly knew what was happening. They clearly saw what was going on. You don't think uh, the black child was interviewed? You don't think the question was posed? Listen, do you think this was horse playing or were they trying to kill you? Which one was happening? You were the one in the middle of it, what happened? Um, this is obviously an affirmative defense. And contrary to the evidence at least presented so far, I'm applauding this DA for prosecuting the case as uh, as is. Uh, but where do kids learn this behavior? George Floyd, that comes from your dinner table with your parents spewing their hatred and projecting it upon the child. You know, it is interesting that a parent can be arrested for a child's truancy, break a curfew. They can get cited for their child breaking a curfew order. But they can't be cited if their child is racist trying to kill another child. Uh, Sharon, thoughts here. And which one is more dangerous here? Okay, I too applaud this DA because whomever turned this youth into a very serious use predator should probably be held to account as well. But right now, let's deal with the case at hand. And I gotta tell you, if anybody who's upset and you hear the story, Ted Bundy would abduct the pets of neighbors and decide their fate and torture them. Mm-hmm. This is very serious. Horse play? Very, very yeah. scary. Yeah. Uh, but we will be able to bring you updates because the DA has promised full transparency. One more. Some more. Do some more. I must confess, I was rooting for the Karen in this one. I know, I know, I know. I've had my battles with the boot police here in Atlanta, Georgia. When I found out what the law actually says, because the boot police, they don't have any real authority in Atlanta. And the only crime you can commit is if you destroy their property while trying to get a boot off their car. That's it. It's a destruction of property charge, possibly. It costs roughly $50 to $75 typically to get the boot off of your car. My homeboy from Glenwood Road would do it for $25. No damage whatsoever. Oh, I'm being 100% serious. That's the rule in Atlanta. No damage to the boot, no issue. He even takes a courtesy video of him taking it off so no one can claim you damaged the boot. That's called industrious. All right, David, I don't Dr. like Richie, boot police, man. I'm right? just. I- I'm just thinking, where were you, Dr. Ritchie, and your friends when I was living in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and was so mad at the parking police and the boot police? And I think I sort of tried that thing with driving off, and that didn't work. 
<laughs> and then I probably tried hammering the boot myself and that didn't work. And then eventually I was like, all right, I'll just go down to the DMV and pay the fine, get my car back. Um, but I, I sympathize with everybody's frustration, even the Karens out there. Yeah. The boot seems so unfair, but folks, take it from me, from somebody with a little bit of experience, just just pay the fine or adjudicate the fine or or plead not guilty and take it to court. But you know, taking it out on the boot police or whatever, it's you know, doesn't doesn't really serve you much good. Yeah, let's let's put up the screenshot because literally the Karen is damaging her car more than she's damaging the boot. Which is why she was the perfect person to do a standoff with the boot police. Because Karen will tear this whole damn thing down before admitting she's wrong. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed, I'm taking over from Dr. Ritchie from here. Storms rolling through Atlanta. So you know the drill, sometimes things happen. But this next story, it raises a question. How daft does one have to be to still be donning blackface? It's 2023 after all. But that's exactly what's going on. Polish game show had contestants perform in blackface. And this is a produced show, folks. Polish karaoke show performer is now being slammed for using blackface to imitate Kendrick Lamar. Oh, and he threw in the N word saying it full verse for good measure as well. It's a popular program. It's known as Your Face Sounds Familiar Elsewhere. And it features singers giving their renditions of performers in front of a live studio audience. Polish pop singer Kuba Smazjowski. Something like that. Wrapped Lamar's popular record, Humble, and apparently did so well, he won the entire competition. As if appearing in blackface, though, before millions of viewers was not bad enough. This 21 year old also neglected, as we said, to censor himself when the N word came up in the song's lyrics. Just blurted him out. Yes, he figured he looked the party, had a right to say it. Wrong, wrong. The season also saw blackface utilized by contestants, two of whom transformed into Kanye West. And no, they didn't. Beyonce? Oh, wow. Each of those instances sparked a similar outrage. Producers were surprised by the negativity. Again, I asked, how daft does one have to be? They're lucky the beehive hasn't caught, maybe they will after this. And they'll be buzzing over, holding. Third episode, which is yet to air, will feature contestants performing as Sean Paul, Michael Jackson, your winner, Smachowski, will not be getting back on stage in blackface. But this is the season, apparently, where this is okay. Should viewers have to tell you that this is not okay, folks? Is this really happening? So what it means is this filter, okay, it went through all of these producers. It went through the director. I'm sure they had rehearsals, makeup consultants, you know, you just put on blackface to give the performance that night. I mean, there's rehearsals and costume changes and pictures of Kendrick Lamar. I've been in some of these trailers, okay, just bit parts. And they put up pictures and they want to get the makeup just right. I don't think they did a very good job. 
I mean, you see it right there. I think we should put it up full mass. Is that does that look like Kendrick Lamar to you? Really? Was this worthy of the win? So ignorant. Again, so daft. But this is apparently what we're dealing with today. And I can't wait, I'll say it again. These other contestants, one of whom decided, oh, Beyonce, that's what I'll do in blackface. I can't wait till things start buzzing your way, okay, from the high. Because they'll have your number now, thanks to Indisputable. We'll move on. Rudy Giuliani has said he's broke. No, he's selling that apartment worth millions of dollars in New York, but he's out of money. That's what lies and spreading them coast to coast will do, apparently. And so now he's getting help, okay, from some friends who really shouldn't be involved in this if they're a real news organization. But Newsmax is indeed running a legal defense fund for Rudy, okay? Want to raise money for this American. Remember when he was America's mayor and known as a hero by some? Newsmax is running a legal defense fund for Giuliani. Recently began running on air fundraising appeals for the legal defense of this disgraced Trump attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Not only is the network urging viewers to help Giuliani, it appears to be also running his donation website directly and collecting the checks on his behalf. How Newsmax has referred to Giuliani's case. Let's go through that, shall we? The charges are political persecution by a far leftist daughter of a founder of the radical Black Panthers to silence Giuliani's free speech rights. Therefore, if you believe in America, please support America's mayor. Because if viewers don't donate, Newsmax warns you may be next. No, you won't, okay? You won't be next. All you have to do is not go coast to coast spreading lies about the election and putting people Good citizens who just volunteered like Ruby Freeman in danger. That's really all you have to do. You're not next, okay? You're not next. All you have to do, stop spreading lies. There's more. The website that Newsmax tells viewers to go to RudyFund.com redirects to a domain hosted by Newsmax. Which indicates that the network will process the actual donations as well. So they're all in on this, folks. This includes physical checks, which are mailed to a P.O. box listed on the Newsmax contact page as a mailing address. So they're actually dedicating staff to this. Who's opening the mail? Okay. Who's depositing the checks? I thought there were cutbacks in TV. Okay. Maybe they have more money than we know, and they're taking in more dollars for this accused criminal. Support the Rudy Giuliani Legal Defense Fund. Supporters are given the option to donate between $25 and $5,000. Are you really gonna do this? Who's giving to this? I wish we could see the list. $5,000, and how much money have they taken in? Hmm. Well, the host Rob Schmidt appeared to inaugurate Newsmax's fundraising push on August 31st with an interview with fellow Newsmax host Sebastian Gorka. Schmidt decried the brutal attack on Giuliani as incredibly toxic and unethical. Hmm. 
For me, Rudy is one of the few true American heroes left. Gorka claimed, imploring viewers, you believe in America, please support America's mayor. He's not the mayor anymore. A lot has happened since he paraded through the streets after 9-11 and tried to help hold a city and a nation together. A lot has happened since then. A lot of hair dye has run down his sideburns, a lot of it. Smith then told viewers, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is trying to quote, send him, Giuliani, to jail for exercising his First Amendment rights and for being an attorney to the President of the United States. I don't believe he's attorney anymore. The crack team here at Indisputable can correct me, but I don't think Rudy Giuliani is an attorney anymore. I think he's been disciplined, okay? I don't know if he'll ever be able to. He can't even represent himself, can he? Well, maybe he can as a civilian. Why is it so important that viewers donate? Eric Bowling and Giuliani, tell us why. This is a pair. I can't think of a better cause, he concluded. I can, Morocco maybe. Can you donate to Morocco instead? Can you redirect the funds there? There's people who need the help. But I'll go on. When Bowling asked why it was important for people to support him, Giuliani replied that, quote, as President Trump pointed out some time ago, you're going to be next. And I was next. And now there are about 80 other people after me. If you are a conservative mindset, the chances of your being prosecuted in Biden's America are enormously high, he added. This is a fight for all of us. Well, that's not true either. It's not a fight for me. I'll fight for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Not this. Do you know someone who is fighting for this? And 80 people who conspired or perhaps are accused of doing such, that's not so many when you think about how many people are in America. This is absurd. I'd like for the team to please, let's try to get some numbers if that's not proprietary to see who's giving and who the top donors were, $5,000. I have no doubt. We'll have that information and we'll be able to share it with you. But I can think of a lot of things to spend $25, 25 cents, two and a half cents on. Rudy Giuliani, really? And let's keep in mind that his buddy who he wanted to catch a ride on his coattails, to stealing a reelection campaign, his buddy has plenty of money, okay? Because there's a lot of suckers who are giving to Donald Trump. And his, you don't have the copyright mugshot memorabilia. A lot of people are giving to that, but he doesn't seem too keen on sharing any of it, does he? He doesn't seem too keen on it. I don't know what the ratings are on Newsmax or how many loyal followers they have. Megyn Kelly may need to pitch in as well. And also on her show, perhaps she can redirect people to fund Rudy's defense. And how many? Does he have, by the way, it's not just Bonnie Willis in Georgia. He's facing other issues and perhaps, well, where does his divorce stand? The latest one, okay, and the checks he has to write to the first or was she the second wife? No matter, those who will give will give. Daft is your word of the day. Does it fit? I think so, I think so. Maybe we'll give you a couple comments because I do want to see where you all stand as we 
wrap up the show today. Um, we've had a lot, a lot of aggressive reporting, a lot of painful reporting too. But I'd like to hear where you all stand, particularly on Rudy and maybe some others. Oh boy. Let's see what you're saying about this stuff. By the way, don't forget to pre-order Jenk's book. I keep telling him I'm gonna do that. I haven't been able to do it just yet, but it's already climbing the charts. Dr. Richie read it and his take was um, interesting on it because these are two great friends who have enormous respect for one another. Dr. Richie read the book, said, hey, I don't agree with everything Jenk said, but I agree with a lot of it. And this was just a beautiful case that he laid out, you know, succinct and made his case. Justice is coming. Okay, TYT friends. Libby Rich, we want to tell you, the YouTube members, thank you so much and welcome to Indisputable. Uh, this one from Twitch, Jackal Dragon 1991. Yet the parents didn't get arrested for mentally abusing their children with racism. And this refers to the story of the uh, the young person who's accused of trying to drown his black friend, calling him George Floyd. I mean, this was really something now reported. And Dr. Richie made the case that if your child is late, truant, excessively, parents can be held responsible. But in this case, when a child who will be tried not exactly as an adult, but moving in that direction, does something like this, is accused of it. Parents can't be held responsible. Where do you get it from? Where does a child understand George Floyd and get this kind of racist behavior? Again, accused. Parents can't be held responsible. Racist groomers are why we're like this, Ghost Dog TV says. I think you're right. And that's a good word for it, groomers. That's exactly what people are who indoctrinate their children with this kind of filth. And remember, my daughter's not listening at the table, okay? You have to be repeating this over and over again for kids to get the message. Uh, on behalf of Dr. Ritchie, I'm Sharon Reed, just filling in in the, uh, the fourth quarter, if you will. Tune in tomorrow on Indisputable, we thank you. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.